Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Streaming Science Podcast. Streaming Science is a student-driven program that works to connect you with scientists to learn how science impacts all of us and our everyday lives. I'm Christine Krebs, an agricultural education and communication doctoral student and your host for this podcast. You're currently listening to our most recent series titled The State of the Scientific Enterprise During COVID-19, made in partnership with the UF IFAS Research Dean's Office and the College of Agricultural and Life Sciences. In this series, we explore the stories of scientists and their students about how COVID-19 has impacted their professional and personal lives. Over the past year, scientists and their graduate students had to make some tough decisions about how to modify research practices and how to reopen research spaces safely. In the following interview, I spoke with Laurel Diedrich, a doctoral candidate in entomology through their cooperative PhD program with the University of Florida and Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University. He recently obtained his master's degree in entomology from FAMU, and before that, he completed his bachelor's degree in biology at the Northern Caribbean University in Jamaica. For his doctoral research, Worrell is studying honeybee health and combining his passion for equipping farmers with applicable and innovative information in agriculture. His passion for science was fostered through personal experiences and his previous role as a plant protection officer for the Ministry of Agriculture and Fisheries in Jamaica, where he worked in research and extension. We discuss Worrell's academic and life experiences that led him to pursuing a PhD as an international student, his current research role and responsibilities, how COVID-19 has affected his fieldwork, and life as a father turned PhD candidate. Through this podcast, I hope you gain insight into Worrell's research, COVID-19 impacts on fieldwork, and an overall sense of how scientists are moving forward to keep the scientific enterprise up and running. Worrell, thank you for being here today to share your sweet experiences with honeybees and sticky situation when it comes to conducting research during a global pandemic. What brought you to the cooperative PhD program with Florida Agricultural Mechanical University and the University of Florida? So it all started back in back in Jamaica, where you know I was working as a plant protection officer for the Ministry of Agriculture and Fishes. There I met Dr. Kanga and Dr. Asi. So they were there searching for some information about an invasive species that could potentially be a, a problem to Florida. So after talking and talking and helping them with information, they offered me a, a scholarship to come and pursue my master's degree in entomology at FAMU. So throughout the period at FAMU, even though my research was not in honeybee, I would generally assist Dr. Kanga in the Hapri. So while working with him in the Hapri, I learned of the cooperative PhD program since he is the chair of the entomology department. After finishing my master's degree, he asked me, you know, you do you want to continue studying, come do something in honeybee. Since you had prior knowledge of honeybee before, you know, entering the United States. So I would like you to, you know, pursue a PhD and that would be in the cooperative PhD program. So after entering the program now, I met Dr. Rachel Malinger. Uh, she is my co-chair and I spent two semesters at UF on campus. I was in her lab and I learned so much about pollinators and that even, you know, sparks more interest and research in honeybee. 
and that propels me somewhere. So after finishing my one year at UF, I'm now at FAMU on campus and I'm in Dr. Kanga's lab. And now I'm mostly focusing on my research out in the field on honeybee. The topic of my research is uh, the impact of the entomoparasitic mite and the nutrition on honeybee health. So currently beekeepers are using um, hard chemicals to manage this mite. And by using this chemical, we notice that we are seeing um, residues in the food that we consume from the hive in the honey, in the pollen. And apart from that, it's also affecting the, the honeybee. And also, um, apart from residues inside the hive, you know insects over a period of time, they will develop resistance. So these varroa mites, they will develop resistance to these chemicals that the farmers are using. And you know if they develop resistance, and this varroa might start to reduce honeybee population, then livelihoods are gonna be destroyed. You know, those farmers they are breadwinners and they won't be able to provide for their family and employ others who will in turn you know it will in turn have a, a negative impact on the community. So when you're out filling that role and responsibility, what does a day in the field look like to you? Currently, I am establishing a plant nursery because my research is going to be setting up some control environment and these control environment going to be in terms of some greenhouses. We call them flight cage. Currently, I'm building those and I'm also establishing the different variety of plants that I'm going to use. And I'm also maintaining the apron. So I'm feeding the honeybee to keep the colonies strong. Then I can um, get get colonies from those to do my experiment. So you go out and you're currently setting up those nurseries and greenhouses that you will conduct your experiment in, and then simultaneously taking care of the apiary, making sure these bees are healthy and ready to then be placed in those environments. Correct. So three things are going on simultaneously. And so how do you expect to collect data? What is that going to look like for you? So after, after setting up my experiment, Collecting data now, I'm going to have to, because as you know, there's a decline in, in honeybee and in also in pollinators. So, you know, we are saying that food source nutrition can be a factor in that decline as well as um, pests. So can you share with us how your passion for honeybee research came to be? <laughs> okay, so my passion for honeybee started when I was a teenager at a high school in Jamaica. And I started working summer jobs. So I went to work on a site with my uncle, who was a carpenter. So I would, you know, bring shingle to give him to repair this roof. The owner of the site was a gentleman by the name of Mr. Winston Ashley. And he was a big bees farmer and also a lecturer of apiculture. During the downtime, I would go and assist Mr. Ashley, maybe clean frames or do something in, in related to apiculture. And, you know, I had my passion start growing and he, he, saw, he saw the hinges. He had said to me, um, why don't you come and help me? So I make it, I kind of abandoned my uncle, start helping Mr. Ashley now with the bee because this was 
a easy way to start a business. So instead of taking taxis or bus to go to Mr. Ashley, I start riding my bike. Wow. The pay that I would get from Mr. Ashley now, I would give him back so he could give me boxes and frames to start my own apron. So after working with him for a while, my entrepreneurial skills started in honeybee. And I harvest honey and I start selling little honey, not a lot, maybe two bottle, three bottle. But you know, that drive my interest. So I decided I wanted more. And I started to increase the amount of colonies I had and get more honey where I could sell. After that, any agricultural-based institution I would attend, I would try to get into a course that offers something in beekeeping. From there, my interest just continued growing and growing. After attending FAMU and helping Dr. Kanga so much, I was so delighted when he asked me if I want to do some research in the honeybee. That's incredible. You were helping your uncle repair roofs, and it just so happened that one of his clients was a lecturer and beekeeper. Can you believe that? Yeah. Okay, and then he showed you the tricks of the trade, so to speak, and you built your own bee business with your bike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then... And then you just dove into school and found the courses that piqued your interest. How, how was your relationship, I guess, with school? So before beekeeping, I I wouldn't say I was a, I was a real good student <laughs> because I maybe I wasn't interested in what I was doing at school then. But after learning beekeeping and start change direction in terms of my career and doing more agricultural based stuff i found out that my interests and my academics you know started to improve my passion my love was agriculture so if someone is interested in honeybees but they're not really sure about becoming a beekeeper just yet what should people know about beekeeping how can they you know contribute okay so i'm here to let someone know who is interested in honeybee are, are pollinators generally. That, you know, you don't have to be a, a bee farmer to, to contribute, but you can simply establish a flower garden, get some native plants, and this will attract honeybee, it will attract other pollinators. You can play your part just by doing that. So, how has COVID-19 impacted your research on honeybee health? So, the biggest impact from COVID-19 on my research, it started at the initial stage of the lockdown. So, me and my professor, we were discussing how to approach the research because we are going to take things into consideration like um, social distancing can you go out there and do something by yourself then we meet obstacles because the material that we're gonna need we're gonna have to get them from source is being affected also by the pandemic and some of these companies they are closed so we lose a couple months right there and you know but after you know that that lockdown kind of lift i started to go out and i started to do things that me alone could do it has impacted me in terms of i lost time 
and I lost, uh, you know, those volunteers that I would have to assist me with my project. And then materials that I would get to work with, you know, those are running behind schedule. And so what part of the state are you primarily working or doing your field work in to give our listeners an idea? Right. So I'm in North Florida, in, in Quincy, in Quincy, Florida. So that's where I've been doing my my field experiment. Yeah. So is it correct to say that you've, as a researcher, had to become pretty creative because you are an ecologist and you go outside and you're trying to accomplish field work, but the university re- restrictions were put put in place and COVID pandemic um, restrictions and you had to figure out how to be creative and productive with what you had? Right. I have to figure out how to be creative. You know, you have to work with it. Know that that's a reality and you still have to maximize on your time. Yeah, that's a really positive outlook that you have. (laughs) So I'd also really like to talk to you about your personal experiences outside of your research. Um, How has life changed for you as an international graduate student and father during the pandemic? So... Life has changed for me as an international student in many ways. During this pandemic, um, I think it's the first year I spent the first Christmas without my family. When you're here and you know that you can't go and they can't come because of the restriction, it's like a, a, it put a stress on you. And I feel like I spend more time and money you know, and communication strategies how to still be a part of their life right to call wife call children and also to help them with their homework you know i have to save i have to buy computers for them to do homeschooling and try to make time to assist them with their homework in the evening this is new to them too and they have they have their struggles and then at the same time, you're trying to learn and accomplish your goals, but also still be there and support them. But thank you so much for sharing that. Yes, you're welcome. Yes. So what do you hope to do next after all of this is um, accomplished and finished up with your PhD? Poor, um, no matter where I'm at, you're going to see two boxes of bees close by somewhere. <laughs> two boxes. Worrell and his two boxes of bees always. You know, I, I'm I'm that kind of person who if I see that you're interested in bee, I'm gonna give you a start. <laughs> I'm gonna give you that start. Going back to when you were sharing about school and first getting interested in bees and growing curious with school, what what do you what would you say was happening um, in either inside of you or was there someone in your life that motivated you to continue on with school so that you did eventually become this expert in your field? What, How did that work with school and your interests and family and friends? All right. So, so after leaving high school, right, and I, for a short period of time, I, I used to drive taxi. I have a friend. We went to high school together. His name is Omar Wigan. So he he did agriculture while I did um you know machine shop. So he got accepted to go to the Ebony Park Art Academy to do um his level one degree in agriculture. 
he wanted company. I, I decided that I'm going to help him and I'm going to accompany him to this school. But I said to myself, after he gets settled in, I'm out. Right? I didn't have any form of qualification. So they, I didn't do well on that entry test. But, you know, at that time, the demand was there. The school was new, the needed person. So I get in. Since I don't have any subject, they're going to watch me for like six months. After being at Ebony Park with my friend, I started to fall in love with agriculture. And guess what? Bees were there. <laughs> so I decided that, hey, yeah, it's a land where milk and honey flow because we have bees and they are dairy farm too, right? So I started to study because I decided that if I study very hard, at the end of six months, if they look through my grade and it was okay, probably they might just let me stay. After six months, nobody said anything to me. I just press on with my study. That um, academy, Ebony Park Art, they have a memorandum of understanding with the College of Agriculture, Science and Education. So I matriculate now into the college to do, at the lowest level, where I go to do a diploma in agriculture. And I got my diploma and from the diploma I used that diploma to do an associate degree in agriculture and after that associate degree in agriculture I went on to do my bachelor's degree in biology at the Northern Caribbean University so after that after Northern Caribbean University you now I got I land myself a job with the Ministry of Agriculture and from there I worked as a plant protection officer until I met Dr. Lambert Kanga wow. and Dr. Asid. Incredible. I have goosebumps. And I could, I could give you a, a parallel story of that with uh, financial woes that I've, I went through. <laughs> I went through with all, each, each one of these programs I have to work. You know, I, I can remember standing out the door when exam before exam begin you know some letter from lending institution that hey we're gonna pay we're gonna pay his school fees soon let him go ahead oh wow so you you remember standing outside of a outside of your classroom about to take a test but waiting to make sure that your course fee was going to be paid for what so much resilience Right, right. So I have to do that. Plus, I, I, wor I would work like in the cafeteria. I would be lab tech. I would, I would be security. You know, I would, anywhere there is opportunity for work. So, yeah, so before working with my uncle during that holiday job, you know, I, I would wash cars in the community and, you know, get that money and then I could pay, pay, to go, pay my fare to go to school. Sometimes the money would be enough to pay fear, but not buy lunch, but I'll still go to school. <laughs> yes. Incredible story. I'm so glad that you shared that with us. Thank you so much, because a lot of times I think school gives the illusion that everything needs to be perfect and 100% and right, and you need to know everything. But I think the reality is that there's so much unknown and so much that's still out there to be discovered. And so if you just have the drive to just get there and keep learning, somehow you end up getting a PhD and becoming a bee businessman. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is so true. 
do you have any advice for current students who might be interested in, in getting a graduate degree? My advice to them is that, look, we are living in a changing world. This world is changing every day. And if you are not changing and growing, you know, develop yourself personally, this world is going to leave you behind. So if you get that opportunity, go for it. Never turn down the opportunity to upgrade yourself. And I would tell them that, you know, in grad school, just come prepared to do a lot of work on your own. Come well self-motivated and just come plan to do a lot of work and you'll succeed. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Thank you for listening to our State of the Scientific Enterprise during COVID-19 series on the Streaming Science Podcast. Make sure to follow and reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, and Buzzsprout. For more information about research at UF IFAS, visit the link in the show notes. We would love to conduct more of these interviews and grow this series to include a variety of scientist voices and perspectives. If you're interested in participating, please email us at streamingscience1 at gmail.com. That's streamingscience, the number one, at gmail.com. I'm your host, Christine, and thanks for listening.